clink and clink. Got a nice little ring to it. It is a Friday. Good afternoon, Michigan football. Here on the Maize and Blue Review. Ready to kick this off and talk about the latest in Michigan sports. And what do you know? Michigan has found themselves a defensive coordinator. And it also looks like their co-defensive coordinator from last year, Steve Klinkscale, will be returning. There is a date set. It's a nice one for the Michigan spring game. We start out with the big news of the day, and that is Wink Martindale. Uh, Michigan has found their defensive coordinator for the future. There's been a lot of panic. You may have been able to keep it at an arm's length and just been like, wow, man, Michigan fans are tripping since the end of the national championship season. And I look at Michigan fans as tripping a lot of them, but I think some of it is understandable. You've got the great coach and Jim Harbaugh doing what he did and then leaving and then, and then taking some of his guys with them. And, you know, that part people are really tripping about. And number one was the strength and conditioning coach, Ben Herbert. Nobody thought that like when Harbaugh left, it's like, as long as they keep Ben Herbert, then Ben Herbert was gone. It was like, Oh no. And then Mike Elston, but those are the two that were unexpected. The rest, I mean, Jesse Minner, even if Jim Harbaugh was here, uh, he would have been gone. And maybe it would be Wink Martindale coming in. And, you know, from with Harbaugh leaving, I think most people expected Jay Baugh, Jay Harbaugh to go to the NFL, probably with his dad, but he ended up going with Mike McDonald to Seattle. And then there's, you know, the, the Mike Hart situation. It, it appears that, it, you know, a personal reasons for uh, Mike Hart being out there and being in limbo. So I think people now will you know, be able to watch the Super Bowl and get to Monday and, and feel like, hey, you know, it's maybe time to take a big breath. And, and if you like you know, being fired up and, and worried about something, you know, throw your weight behind, you know, the athletic director and, and, you know, get on that bag of man wagon, which a lot of people, you know, are on. So the thing, when it comes down to me and Martindale, so the question is like, you know, so what do you think of the fit? And for me, I think it's a good hire. It is um, a, a situation where you have a coach coming in, that is familiar with the Michigan and Ravens defense. Wink Martindale set up this Ravens defense. Wink Martindale taught Mike McDonald and Jesse Minner the defense that Michigan has run for the last three years. So from that standpoint, things seem great that way. Like, look, so and it's a good hire. That is definitely the pro part. You got Wink Martindale, great experience, NFL experience, defensive coordinator in the NFL last two years with the G-Men and then the Ravens for four years. He was with the Ravens for a long time with the linebackers. And 
you know, those are the pros. I mean, if you're looking for some things, you know, we all are. You try to say, oh, what's, is there any downside? He's been out of the college game for 20 years. You can shrug your shoulders at that. I think that, I don't know about shrugging my shoulders, but in the last five years, certainly the difference between college and pro has really lessened. It, it, it used to be, a, you know, pretty sizable gap, pretty big deal. You know, certainly the NFL players, they're all you know, great players, all the great college players. We, we understand that part, but the, the schemes, you know, they're, and you, you look at what pro teams and college teams are running. It's uh, essentially the same. There's a lot of familiarity there. So from that standpoint, if this was a higher you know, five years ago or certainly 10 years ago, you might say, well, what about the adjustment from the pros to college? I mean, these guys aren't, aren't pro kids. The part about being out of college is the recruiting angle, which is a pretty big deal when you think about, uh, the lifeblood of, of any program, as the saying goes. But the point, and we all know it, we can all just rehearse what the what you say about this, is that uh, Jesse Minter and Mike McDonald, these guys, these guys weren't like the uh, recruiting mavens that were pounding the pavement. And, uh, boy, these guys, they got the recruiting chops. Nobody said that about them. And what they said about McDonald and Minner is that these guys are pro guys and they're just stopping here for a, a minute and then they'll be gone to the NFL, which was true. And you could say that about Wink. And, you know, is that a negative? Maybe. I mean, it might be a maybe, but, you know, who's to say? You don't know. Like, you know, if, if Wink, if Michigan comes out with their defense next year and is and hits a home run with, with Martindale as their defensive coordinator and Michigan's defense plays like it has the last three years, uh, you know, to me like that. And, and then wink one of the NFL teams you know, tabs him and wants to go after him as being a defensive coordinator coordinator. You know, you, I, you want the, it's not a sure thing. I'm just giving you a, a scenario and a hypothetical. You're good coaches. You want them to be in demand. That means they're doing a good job, and the team's doing a good job. Michigan comes out and lays an egg, and then in 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 wink, like a lot. Some people have said, I, I don't say I'm saying this, but I'm I'm saying it tongue in cheek. He's Don Brown NFL version. Like you know, you see some of that criticism. Then you can have wink as long as you want. So no, you want them to go out there and and be in demand and and have success. So. I think uh, today is a good day for Michigan. It is a a good hire. If you're somebody that doesn't think so, like we don't all agree on every single thing, except that it was great for Michigan to win the national championship this year. We all agree on that, but nobody's going to see eye to eye on every hire. Remember, uh, Joe Cullen, who was also up for this job, looked like he had it for a second. I didn't think that he was a good fit for Michigan. And there are a lot of people that were waving their finger at me saying, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And so there it is. So if there's some people waving their finger at me uh, in the other direction about wink, then, you know, I get that. So that's where, where I am. Let's see what the, the people are 
thinking. Here is uh, Andres, who is in. It's good to see uh, Andres. He had been checking in like the last two minutes of the podcast for the last couple of months. I think people, it's definitely, there's been a shift with the people, Michigan fans. Michigan won the national championship, and I think people have just been sitting back and have been like, hey, man, it's awesome. Uh, Andres was a big golfer. I know he's not in Michigan because, man, if you're in Michigan right now and you have, you're out, you're outside. It is 61 degrees in Michigan right now. It's not really working. You can my watch backwards. 61 degrees. GAM was ready to press the alarm. He's really happy they stopped dragging their feet and got the guy they wanted. That's fine. Like, I, I think that there was some uh, patience. I think that last week when Sharon Moore was on the Pat McAfee show and they said, you know, how soon you want to get your staff in place? And Sharon said something like, yeah, by next week, I want to hammer it out and finalize it and, you know, have it complete. Everybody's like, okay, good. It's going to be next week. And then, you know, it wasn't. Uh, there are a lot of open names on that list that everybody was, you know, panicking a little bit. I, uh, no, I didn't think there was any reason to panic, but what am I going to say? You know, like, look, I'm, I'm a little bit older. It doesn't mean you can't uh, panic. Richard is talking about Mike Hart, who brought Jordan Marshall in, and he better stay for Michigan's sake. Yeah, that's to be determined. It looks like there's a personal reason going on there. So you just have to you take a step back and realize, I know. It's good to, I don't know, it's not good to say. Uh, I don't know if it's good to hear, but it's true. All of what we're doing involves, and I know people know this, so I'll just say it real quick, involves, you know, real humans that have, you know, real life issues. It's not all, you know, just moving things around on a computer. So sometimes you have to wait and let things breathe that way and see what's happening. Mr. Martini is talking about it being 60. How many years is uh, oh, no, he's talking about Wink being 60. I thought he was talking about it being 60 degrees outside. Oh, Wink is 60. How many years is he going to want to do recruiting due to the recruiting grind? I don't know. You know, the 60s, the new 40. You know, two years? I don't think that we're going to be talking about Martindale being a, a defensive coordinator for you know, four or five years. Two to three sounds like it would be the max for me because of Martindale, who's going to turn 61 in May. He get around 65. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not, I, I know that maybe I will start thinking about it that, uh, that, you know, you can get that early retirement at, at 63, I don't know what Martindale's thinking about there. Yeah, the, the age part, I think this balances things out, Mr. Martini. It's like when, it's like when you have a, a, a short, chubby coach in the NFL and, and, and they fire him. They usually go for a tall, skinny guy. And if they're not going by appearance, if you have a real taskmaster as a coach, you go with more of a player's coach and vice versa. That's usually just how things work in sports. Now, it, it actually makes sense to me, the age part. Like you think Wink is uh, 60. Jim Harbaugh is 60 years old. And Harbaugh had 
these young defensive coordinators and Minter, who was 40, and McDonald, who was 36, and you, you see the age gap. And you, okay, so you have the younger guys, and then you have the the older, you know, wise sage. And then with, with Wink, he's 60. And then here's Sharon Moore, who's 37. And this was always something that I wondered about, even though Kirk Campbell is 37 years old and he was an offensive coordinator at old dominion for two years, not a, and not a big time resume as an OC at 37 years old was Sharon Moore going to be a first time head coach with a essentially first time offensive coordinator and a, you know, young guy over on at defensive coordinator, essentially a first timer. And that's what would have happened if it would have been Clink, who is closer to 50, but I think he's 47 years old. But you get the point there, you know, first timers in there. And now you have in in Wink, he's 60 years old, a wealth of experience, and it balances it out from an age standpoint. At least that's how I'm looking at it. I don't know how. Uh, you know, you're looking at it. Richard looking at the G men's defense last year being dead last in the league. Yeah. The G men on, on offense were really bad and the defense, they were really bad too. So yeah, that, that is, that would be something that you could look at and say, Hmm, that's why he's free right now. That's why he's he's out there. And yet, Wink was the one. You know, there was, and you you get a, a team that is a, uh, you know, that crashes and burns like the Giants did last year. And you know, Wink was button heads with the, the head coach, and they, uh, you know, he ended up wanting to get out of there because of um, you know they wanted to take some of his defensive assistance uh, and, and move on guys that might be coming in to Michigan. So yeah, that, that's part of it. That, that is, let's look at uh beef who says he's not impressed with the hiring of a 60 year old journeyman as DC, but I will give it a look before trashing it. I have my doubts and yeah, the retread angle and the age angle. Like I said, for me, it balances things out when it comes to, age. That's why I'm not sitting over here telling everyone. I think I don't like, I'm just going to guess because I have not seen and, and look, hopefully and it doesn't matter if, if they do it, then, you know, I'm, I'm not really taking a shot at them. I'm just saying that it's overblown a little bit. Anybody that covers Michigan and is over here telling you that this is some grand slam hire, home run hire, that this is the greatest, you know, hire of all time. It's like, okay, you know, anything that Michigan does, you're just going to rubber stamp it. And, but you know, people like to hear that home run hire. Woo. That's that LFG. It's wink season. And a lot of people are just having fun and like, Hey, it's football. They're fans and let's go. But if you're looking for, you know, an honest critique of the situation, it was a, it was a good hire, not great hire, but a good hire. Now, if somebody was sitting here talking about, oh, that guy's over the hill and they're going with some big old retread here that was canned with the G-men last year, you would say, but he, uh, 
he hasn't flamed out everywhere that he's been. And he is someone that has a familiarity with his defense. So, yeah, but he's the NFL's version of Don Brown. Like, he blitzes too much. And, like, look, you know, so when when McDonald was in here, it's like you're bringing some, you know, 34-year-old kid in and handing him the keys to this defense. Hopefully it works. And then when McDonald was, and you know, and he's, he's an NFL, somebody that's going to be gone at the first jump. And then, you know, mentor, people were saying the same thing. What was his defense like at Vandy? Crap is what it was. Vandy's defense was junk, and, and you're bringing him into He says, this guy doesn't recruit, and he's going to be gone at the first chance to go to the NFL. So to remember that there have been negatives that were put on the last two defensive coordinators for Michigan. Now, McDonald was in a really good spot because people were clearly, and for a good reason, done with Don Brown. Don Brown stayed along. Harbaugh kept Don Brown for a year or two too long. So everybody was ready for something new. So McDonald was getting a uh, going to get not a pass, but people were just happy that it was somebody new. But you can do that with a, a lot of folks that you go through and you look at how many times I thought Jim Harbaugh was a grand slam hire. Besides him, I don't remember the you know the last where I'm sitting around saying, oh, like I didn't think Juwan Howard was a a home run hire. I thought he had a chance to be, you know, like everybody's got, you know, a chance, but Harbaugh is the only one that I can think of that I was like, yep, that's the one. That's the grand slam hire. There we are. So Beave putting the questions in. There's a there's a Don Brown reference. Andres is talking about being down in Cincy, and he says it's 64 down there, tied up at work recently, including today, but hitting the course tomorrow. And he puts a wink out there. You know, the, the wink emoji's hot right now for good reason. Steve is saying that Wink could be the next Don Brown. He's blitz happy, but should be familiar with the current scheme. Time will tell. Yeah, I think the thing like, and that was, uh, there was a part with with Don Brown. I can remember interviewing Don Brown, pulled up to Shem Beckler, and it was, it was Don Brown and, and Josh Gaddis. And I asked Josh Gaddis, hey, Josh, a lot of people think that this is going to be Jim Harbaugh's offense, and you know, not, you're know, you not really going to have the keys. And he said, I'm a man. He promised me that I'll be able to have my imprint, something like that. That's what Gaddis said. And then with Brown, he kind of cut me off because I said, you know, Don, you got worked over for 60-some points last year or something like that. And he cut me off and said, I'm not changing anything. I'm going to be more aggressive. And I was like, ah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't walk out of there thinking, yeah, Don Brown, boy, he's really got me thinking that he's on top of this thing. And who knows? You know, will, will wink just be, you know, all out blitz every time. (laughs) I don't know. 
He's going to have some personality here, so see how it's going to be. I like the wink and clink combo. You're right about that. Old timer 56 thinks Mike Hart should be an assistant head coach and still over the running backs. However, he doesn't know what's going on. I think he had a, a he had that kind of a title last year, but yeah, you can put titles like that as uh, assistant head coach. Uh, we'll have to see you. I think we're going to have to just, I don't know. People don't want to hear this. They want to know what's the issue. Hey, personal reason. We have to wait and see. Sorry about that one. Don Brown 2.0 is not liked. Here's Steve calling it a decent band-aid with Wink. To stop the bleeding, given the short window, Sharon was given a little time to find a new and upcoming defensive mind. That's fair. That's fair. Brian looking at Michigan's offense and saying that Michigan, or now he's looking at the defense. Okay, sorry. He says they run a pro-style defense. If the D.C. isn't moving on to the NFL after a couple of years, it's a failure. I think that's a, a fair point, too. You're right. Yeah, And it's a good one just to, to think about for a second. Michigan was running the Baltimore Ravens defense. That's what they were running. Wink Martindale ran that defense for four years and and taught McDonald and Minter that defense. Certainly, Certainly they put their little tweaks on it, and then, you know, you think you're always adding and tweaking, aren't you? Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Good comment by... Brian, when it comes down to Wink, Leo is uh, is uh, is on it, and that's it. Tim says Knowles at Ohio State is an old man. Now, hey, look, I don't know what I call an old man. I don't know sixty. In football terms, I guess you know it is. I saw somebody like, this dude's 50. I don't I forgot who they were talking about. Somebody was like, hey, he's 56. I mean, what are you can't relate to anything with an 18 to 20. Or maybe they were talking about Cullen, who I think 56. Like, what's this guy gonna say to a what's a 56-year-old gonna be able to say to some 17-year-old? It's like you can read, you know, people can relate sometimes, you know, Gramp. I don't know what to get into that part. I don't know if what we're saying with, with Knowles because of the his lack of success or that hey you know Ohio State's got a an older DC as well so Dave said he's not worried about what he's forgot as much as what he can remember yeah I think that it's totally two different things but I'm going to say it again I remember getting into the the broadcast business. And as a 20-something-year-old, a and, and I would be in there with, uh, you know, older reporters, and I go to the press box, certainly older journalists, and everybody's like, well, what does some young kid know? What does some young kid know? You have to have experience. And that made a little bit of sense to me. It's like, okay, you got to work hard, and then at some point, you know, you're you're able to – you know, go on your own, however, but it was, it was always like 
back in my day, it was more like people looked at older workers in, in my field as, Hey, this is, this is valued. And it was like that in football as well. These guys know the game and then it's, it's changed. It it changed. Trying to think probably around 10 years ago, maybe a little less than that with, with Sean McVay in the pros. What was Sean McVay? 31 years old or something. It's like, who would hire a 31 year old to be a head coach? And then some of the GMs, it's like, you can't have a 30 some year old GM. Well, then that became a trend, like young enthusiasm. And I get that part. And so I think people are, are now like you, if you're over, I don't even know if you're over 50, you're old, you're too old in football or you're, you know, you should be a head coach or something, the younger, the better. And I understand the enthusiasm part and relating with young kids, but I, there's, there's room for, and let's look at Sunday. Andy Reed is not some 30 year old Sean McVay. But on the other side, you do have a younger coach in, in Shanahan. But, you know, if Shanahan doesn't win this one, I don't know if there's going to be a switch to look at the, the Chargers and the Broncos. You know, Sean Payton, 60, like the NFL, it's a young man's game. And, and Sean Payton, you know, 60 years old. The Broncos coach Jim Harbaugh, 60 years old. Here's Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. I like, you know, chalk one up for, I'm going to call them the, the old guys. If Wink Martindale was playing the game, that might be a little bit different. I do have some audio when when he was going in as Giants coach. I guess there was some criticism of Wink being kind of stoic on the sideline. And I suppose the critique, why doesn't he show more fire? I've heard that from fans, from coaches. People were saying that about Harbaugh. They want to, you know, where's the old Harbaugh that was lighting a uh, fire under these players and, 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 you know, verbally jousting with the officials. Here's what Wink had to say about his sideline demeanor. You know, what I tell the players all the time is what I owe you during a game is my composure. That's where I show you my athleticism is keeping my composure. So you're always thinking about the next play. So, you know, there, there's some people who tell me I need to be more animated on the sidelines and, you're not going to be animated if you're thinking about the next play, what you're going to call next. What, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, when, when you watch two people playing chess, if a guy makes a great move. He doesn't stand up out of the chair and chest bump somebody because he did it. You know, he's whatever. That's a little Don Brown. Don Brown. Sorry. There's uh, uh, Mr. Martini was talking about Don Brown. This is uh, a wink Martindale. Also, was asked upon getting that Giants job about his background. Here's a little bit of Don Martindale talking about his background. There's been a, a, quite a few people in my life that's really helped me, starting with Skip and Lou Holtz. And then, you know, you go Buddy Ryan and Al Davis and, and had Ozzy there in Baltimore. And what happens is, is 
in today's football because of the rule changes and everything else that, that a lot of people just want to play it safe and, and I'm not built that way. We're not built that way. We like to attack and and, and like I said earlier, pressure breaks pipes on these on these offenses as well. And I just don't want to sit back and say, okay, let's see what you got. I, I want them to sit back and see what we have. There you go. There's a little Wink Martindale. John asking for folks to like the video, you fellow college football degenerates. Or, John, let's do it like Sharon Moore would say. Smash. Smash that like button. Let's do it. Don Brown ran Baltimore's defense, question mark. Don Brown was in the NFL for 20 years. Did I say Don Brown when I was talking about Wink Martindale? So. I may have. I don't know. I don't know what you're Tim or Tim. You were trying to be funny or you're telling me that I screwed it up or something. It happens. If I did, I apologize. Trevor McHugh from the Maze and Blue Review. He was tweeting this morning about Wink. And here's what Trevor McHugh had to say. Martindale runs the Amoeba D with multiple fronts. His 515 looks like it could fit this Michigan roster perfect. More Benny, Grant, and Graham up front. Stewart, Barham, Johnson, Sab, Moore, Page, Waller, he has his cornerback too. Jair Hill maybe in there. Whoever. Rotate Hausman and Benny for a 425. Let Sab be the nickel hybrid. Moving the the pieces around. McHugh was there talking about Wink. Yeah. Is this true? Sharon is building an all-star staff. Now, see, that would be a little bit is like I was talking about. I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to say. Time will tell. Maybe he is. Maybe he is building an all-star staff. I'm not ready to go there. Richard asking me if I knew Joe Falls. Richard, I did know Joe Falls. 1995, 1996, I don't remember which one it was, but I went down to the Silver Dome for the two preseason games that the Lions had. They were playing Jacksonville. I could look it up because Jacksonville was in their first year, whenever they came in along with the Carolina Panthers into the NFL, I was going down and sitting in the press box at the Silverdome for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those were the two home games. And I sat next to Joe Falls. Now, I got to say that growing up, I didn't really care for Joe Falls as a columnist. Joe Falls would have this column and he would talk about he didn't like the press box food and the, the hot dogs were stale. And he would talk about players from the, the 50s and 60s and not like the, like the great players. He'd like talking about like obscure players. And I and none of it resonated with me with Joe Falls. But, you know, so I'm just sitting next to But Joe Falls could have been more friendly to me as I sat down next to him. Hey, where are you from? What do you want to do? Here's my bit of advice. What, you know, and then he asked me, what do I think of Barry Sanders? And uh, do I think that you, I would take him out on the goal line? I mean, ask a firing questions left and right. And then when I came back, 
the following week. You know what I also remember is that Kajana Carter, the great running back from Penn State who was drafted by Cincinnati, he got hurt in that preseason game and tore up his knee. But the next or the you know the, the other the next game that I was there in the preseason and Joel Falls was there again, he was like, "Hey Dennis, like he remembered my name and I became after that a big fan of Joel Falls. You know what I liked about Joel Falls after that, then being in the media, he would go to, to Michigan games and he would sit there in the, you know, where the, where the press does and the coach would come out there and, or whoever for some kind of conference. A lot of times the media, like they try like buttering up the coach, you know, throw him a nice little softball, like right there at the beginning, like, Hey coach, you know, what did you think of the game? You know, something real easy. And you know, it makes sense. I do that myself, but, that's not what Falls's approach would be. He liked to cut right to the chase. Like Mike Illich would be up there introducing a new coach, and and Falls would say something like, "Are, are you opening up the uh, checkbook?" Dude? And like he would fire like the hardest question at him right off the gate. I always liked that about uh, Joe Falls. Fire the questions. Let's you know forget about buttering up the whoever's up there, the owner or anything else. I mean these guys. Ask the question that you want answered is what I think Joe Falls was doing. Tim is going after me here. Let's see. How can you compare a guy who's been in the NFL for 20 years with Don Brown? That's some head-cratching stuff right there. There's no comparisons. Yeah, I don't know, Tim. Did it sound like I was comparing Don Brown to Wink Martindale? I think if you go back, if you heard that, that's not what I was trying to do. I said there were some people, not me, that I saw that a critique of Martindale. Let me reset it for you, Tim. Martindale is a good hire. He keeps the Michigan-Baltimore Ravens defense intact. He was the guy that taught the last two defensive coordinators, the Michigan defense that they are running right now and that they have run for the last three years. So for that, I like it. So those were a mat. Demand has exceeded the supply for the Ravens defensive personnel. Well, this is the way... It goes. And I would say not necessarily, Brian. You might be right. I understand what you're saying. Just look at how things worked with with the old commander's staff. When it was Mike Shanahan, and if you watch football, you you see that they put up that tree of McVeigh and Kyle Shanahan and the coach at Cincy, and then there's three or four other co- the, 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 the char- like the this tree that is out there. Teams just keep going to it and go to it and go to it. You know where else they did that? Nick Saban's tree. Anybody was on Nick Saban's staff, head coach, head coach. They all don't work out. But with with Martindale, in the short term, 
I'll be honest with you, I feel good about the hire. And the one thing that you're going to get from me, if I did not feel good about the hire, even though you guys would all be like, you're an idiot, or why are, why are you even covering Michigan? I like to hire. If I didn't, I would tell you that. So that's where I'm at with it. So um, there you go. John says he's read a rumor that Graham and Grant are both excited about the hire. I'm praying to the college football gods that this is true. Well, this is a a, a nice bit of feedback here because both uh, Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham were dubbed gifts from the football gods by Jim Harbaugh. And Harbaugh was right about the, about those two guys. I saw that Sharon Moore, part of the interview process yesterday with Wink, had Wink talk with some of the players. Talking with Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, two of Michigan's best defenders, talking to their potential new defensive coordinator and sharing notes and and seeing the comfort level. Sounds like a smart move to me by Sharon Moore. And yeah, I I think the part that you'd say you're excited about because there's uh, in the rumor department, a lot of like, like Michigan is going to lose those guys, other guys, to the transfer portal because of the change in power. And the way college football works is a quick reminder. If a coach leaves and certainly a head coach leaves, we do the same thing. You zero in on that team and you say, who can we get? Uh, Or who's doing, let's pick that carcass. And so that's being done all over college football. And that was the tough part as you had to, you know, Harbaugh did in, in some ways have Michigan, you know, they, he held them hostage and everybody's like, you know, when, when you don't have everything in place, you know, the, the phone is ringing and the DMs are sliding and, and yeah, it's, it's not a place for the faint of heart. Like it's just like recruiting. It's a tough to be a Michigan fan and and weigh in and follow the the day-to-day moves in recruiting and certainly in a coaching change. It's tough. Like, you know, it takes a lot. You know, like it, it's again, it's not for the faint of heart. OT coming in strong, talking about wink. Not only did Wink run the defense, but he also helped design the defense that trained Mac and Minter. Minter and McDonald, the M&M boys, I'm injecting that on OT's uh, feedback, put their tweaks on it. Wink is a good hire for what Michigan runs. Wink was the guy who trained McDonald and Minter. Two elite DCs now. I don't understand the Down Brown 2.0. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. (laughs) That's one of those. People don't want to hear anything about that. 
old timer 56. It's a great move. Well, what do you know, OT? Old timer around my age. What do I know? Maybe you guys are looking for the young and enthusiastic podcasters. Those are the ones. That's another thing in radio. I remember working with a, a guy who was uh, 10 years younger than me. And like he knew, and it was working in Ann Arbor, and he knew nothing about Michigan football. He knew nothing about sports. He was a very good broadcaster. He's still in broadcasting, and he could have easily gone to into politics or music or into sports talk. He ended up going into sports talk. My point about him was like he was my producer at first, and, and like he would say, Yeah, well, that was back when, when Bo was the coach. He'd say, Who's Bo? Like he would say things like that. He'd be like, What? But he could easily have an opinion about the, the current team. And I had a hard time listening to any of his opinions. Like he was a younger guy, young and up and comer. But I'm like, why would I, you have no, what a, your opinion. You just like controversy and you just throw out opinions with nothing behind it. And you know, afterwards you'd say, I, I know how to, I'm going to talk about what, you know, people are debating and I'm going to have my own opinion. Like, but you know nothing about the history. He's like, nobody needs to know anything about the history of football. We're not talking about Bo. And he had a point. He was right. Here's some sign stealing stuff about Ohio state and Don Brown. That's a good one, Tim. I mean, I, I have, uh, I've heard that. People weighing in on what happened with uh, Don Brown. Hill Parker just won the Broyles, and he's uh, old AF and didn't get a job, which was a little bit surprising, right? I mean, he's still going to be there with the Hawkeyes. Tim asking the question, if Clink is staying at Michigan, he says, I hope, please. It has not been put out there officially, but Josh Henschke posted, I believe, yesterday that Clink told the players that he's coming back. So has he there? Like, there hasn't been an announcement. Like, I have a big board of the coaches, and I have nothing next to wide receiver. And yet, Ron Bellamy, I believe, is going to be the wide receivers coach for Michigan. But so, that he didn't get elevated like uh, or promoted like uh, Newsom or certainly Kirk Campbell, and he has just stayed at his spot. Maybe they felt like they didn't need to say, okay. Or is there something going on there? I saw Ron's wife putting something on Instagram about hanging out with Juwan Howard's wife. I think it was her birthday just yesterday, the day before. And I thought, Oh, it seems like they're still, everything's going well in Ann Arbor. I don't know. So unofficially official is like, uh, what's happening. As long as Graham and Grant are excited. And as, if we keep clink, I'll be happy after all that has happened. I'll tell you what, 
if Graham and Grant are excited, I'm excited. I think that's a another excellent point. If the players are excited to play for Clint, uh, not Clink, Wink, that's going to happen, I guess, a few times. They're excited to run Wink's defense and have Clink back. Shouldn't everyone be happy then? Moose is talking about the aggressiveness of Wink and that he is more aggressive. He'll just have to adjust. He'll be fine. I agree with you, Moose. I think he will be fine. Who replaces Bill O'Brien at OSU? Well, he has just taken the job, so I, I, I don't know. I think they're probably down there on their Columbus pods discussing uh, that very uh, point. Scott is on board with Wink. Old school could be just fine. Here's a, a point that's saying it's Chip Kelly, that it's going to be Chip Kelly. PJ Fleck to UCLA and Chip at OSU. Okay, you don't have to type in if if Chip Kelly, if it is official that he's going to OSU as an OC. I missed that. You don't have to. You don't have to type it in. Like somebody said earlier, we're the college football degenerates. College football degenerates will know exactly what's going on with any coaching moves outside of Michigan. I had seen. Where was uh, was Chip thinking about the pros as an OC, and then and so he was buzzing around about that. Here's somebody who still likes old Don Brown. What has Kelly done recently? Chip Kelly. Oh, Tim was being sarcastic. John is saying that Chip notified UCLA in a team meeting just a few minutes ago. Oh, okay. So that wasn't something like I missed last night. Otis talking about uh, Bill O'Brien going to BC. Yeah, I think that's happening. It is happening. Thomas wants to know about the depth. Does the Michigan, uh, how much depth does Michigan have on defense? Looks a little thin. Injuries scare him. Right now they're okay, Thomas. Like, so we could run through the two deep right now, but there's still two more weeks in the 30 day window, you know, the, the transfer portal window, and then you have spring let's go into spring. And then, and then we'll have a good, a better idea right now. Where would I say that they are thin? If I'm talking about depth, I would say at in the front seven, so they lose Chris Jenkins and Cam Good. Now, like, I think Rayshon Benny is going to be good to go for the start of the season. Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, you know, those those that's nice three up front. But then we're looking at the the guys behind them. They had a, a pair of true freshmen last year in Brandt and uh, Roderick Pierce, who got a little bit of burn. They had an offensive lineman who moved over to the defensive side and uh, Alessandro Lorenzetti. Might be looking into the transfer portal there. And on edge, you know, with McGregor and Harrell gone, the depth was so great last year at edge. 
that, yeah, Josiah Stewart and Derek Moore, that's as good as it gets in college football, right? But behind those guys, we'll have to see who's who, who are we even talking about. Keyshawn Bennett had a good spring last year. Iwana, Ike Iwana, Brooks Barr, you know, there's some, a guy who was redshirted, Eno Etta, I think he's more of a an inside guy. We'll have to let that shake out. I would think that they would be looking in the front seven in the transfer portal and, and maybe an edge too. But that's the thing, they might not know I don't know. You have to get into spring and see what these guys look like. Right? Okay. What else was I talking about? Oh, finally. The spring game. We have that date. 420 in Ann Arbor. Insert your... Marijuana joke here. Is that the same day as the hash bash? You know, the hash bash used to, I think that's 4-1. Michigan spring game oftentimes was at the same day as the hash bash, and, uh, but now it's actually 4-20. So you're still thinking pot with 4-20. The spring game this year that it's pushed back a little bit if you could tell me it's would I take 50 degrees and sunny on a day where it's sitting here 61 degrees in February? Absolutely. This is going to be the first time to see the gridiron gladiators, the heroes that are the national champ, the defending national champs, hit the field. And you're able to take a look at them. I would think that this would be the largest attended spring game ever. Say, what about 98? It's a good question. Since 98, going to the the spring game, warm weather, I'm expecting tons of people down. Nobody likes a spring game more than me. So it's exciting to think about. The the spring game and now have the date for it. What else was I going to? Oh, I was going to say something about pot. I drive my daughter to ballet sometimes. And she, her studio is in Ann Arbor. And I don't know if this could be maybe a something that happens with, you know, people like me. Like you drive by and you see a building. And there's there's this building that's at the uh, end of North Territorial for like two months. It was a, a building that had been around for, for years, and I don't think there was anything in it. But then it looked like somebody was moving in. But they didn't have any signage out there. They just they like, looked like a, a little plant. And it never occurred to me that it was a, a dispensary. And that's exactly what it is. And it's actually called the Dispo, I think. But it had, you know, uh, lights and they cleaned it up and it put all this landscaping. And I was thinking, you know, I would drive, I wasn't thinking a lot about it, but I would think, eh, maybe that's a, a, some kind of nursery or something. 
you could maybe say that's what it was. But then it was actually my daughter's and that's a dispensary. And I was like, ah, dispensary. But the same thing happened in a, a week span where I, I looked over and there was this building with this purple lettering that said Crave. And I thought, Crave? Some pizza? Uh, burgers or something? I, that's a pretty nice. I want some Crave. And then you look a little closer. Cannabis. Oh, cannabis. In the nicest looking building. Right across the street from the Crave, there's a Taco Bell, which is it was just a smart move. And then last week, I was looking as I was driving over, and there's big letters on this building, and it says butter. And I should have known. But I thought, maybe that's a breakfast place. I like breakfast. And, and I said, butter. My daughter said, I think that's a dispensary. Man, they're all over the place. That's a little 420 thought for you. Ann Arbor, dispensaries, Taco Bells, McDonald's, and dispensaries in Ann Arbor. Ten years ago, you know, that wasn't happening. Now it is. I don't know why I go blue is saying that. John talking about PJ Fleck possibly going to UCLA. Seems like LA would fit him. As a Kalamazoo resident, I lived what he did at Western. Yeah, you know, I, uh, John, I'm an Eastern guy, but when Fleck was at Western and he was rowing the boat, I was a fan of what he was doing. And then was it when he was at Western that Sports Illustrated Back when it was a thing, and and I think I used to still get Sports Illustrated, so it's been a while. They had a feature on Fleck, and it was it was basically that he gets up at four in the morning and doesn't go to bed till two in the morning, and the only thing he does in between is think about football and recruit tirelessly. And you start adding it up, and you're like, wait, what is that? How's this guy going getting up at four and going to bed at two? some kind of work ethic like that. And in the various spots along the way where Michigan may have needed a head coach. Oh, I put together a short list two years ago when it looked like Harbaugh was going to Minnesota for a second. And I put Fleck on the list of people that I would bring in and interview. People freak out about lists. Lists are, are fun to have out there for people to debate. And if I put a, a coaching list out there, I did one for basketball, kind of brainstorming. And people are like, why would you put that person on your list? It's like, relax. You don't like that. Tell me why. We can, we can talk about it. We can draw a line. I did that with basketball. And there were two names on there that uh, I got uh, attacked for putting those guys' names on there. Actually, three names. Jay Wright was one the former Villanova coach, Jay Wright, is never coming back to college basketball. Like, I understand that, but I still put his name on there. And his name is actually one I didn't take down. Nate Oates, his name I put on there because he was a high school coach a long time here in the area at Romulus. And, and 
it was pointed out that Nate Oates, the murder obstruction or him, he didn't obstruct justice and, and his star player didn't, but he lied about the involvement or at least knowing about Brandon Miller, the one of the top picks in the uh, NBA in that whole situation, you don't, you know, the, the NATO situation. So is Michigan looking for with NATO? Would they be able to look beyond that? I, don't, I was thinking maybe, but probably not. The other one was Kelvin Sampson, who's just such a, he's a hell of a coach older, but I was thinking Houston, you know, maybe that would be something Michigan, but when you really look into, and I thought, okay, I remember Calvin at Indiana, you know, they dinged him a little bit, the NCAA. It was more than a little bit that they dinged him. That's the thing. His son's on the bench that he wants to hand over the whistle to him when he's done, makes a ton of money down there at Houston. But that's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is that it was more than just a couple phone calls and text. That would probably preclude... If you were going to put him on the list, I think right after that, you'd say a lot of NCAA baggage. That's something that a Michigan basketball hire as a head coach would you deal with? I'd say probably not. Bill O'Brien to BC. Here's a couple questions. Let's do some while, Ryan, um, wrap it up with some questions. Coyote. Do you think Wink will go out with Sharon when he is on the recruiting trail to learn recruiting? It's a, a question, Coyote, that is worth exploring. What do you have to know to be a recruiter? What do I always hear about recruiting? It's about relationships. And it is about getting out there and then visiting a player and connecting with them. Wink Martindale will be able to talk football and probably be able to re relate with the parents more than the kids. But you know, he's—it's not like when you're in the pros, you're working with you know a, a bunch of forty-year-olds. Most of the players that Wink Martindale has dealt with are guys that are in their 20s that a lot of these players will know. And it's not like Wink Martindale was back when he was coaching like Ray Lewis or, and you say, well, Ray Lewis, but you know, he's old enough when you're 60, you can go back and talk about all of that. So oh, what kind of personality does he have? He seems a little funny. You listen to some of his, uh, some of his uh, clips of when he was a coach of the giants and, different things that he talked uh, It's basically just going out there and getting to work and, and talking with coaches and talking with players. I, 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 there's not a, like a manual where you have to learn like it's some kind of uh, skill set there. Hey, here's the list. Go talk with these uh, players. See if, um, you know, and go from there. Now, that might be too simplistic. I, I, maybe it's not just handing somebody a, a phone list and saying, hey, wink, smile, and dial. Scott says he didn't like Joe Falls either, signed Jerry Green. 
Uh, the funny part with that, Scott, is that both Joe Falls and Jerry Green, I, I ended up liking both of those guys. And with Jerry Green, he was a longtime columnist. And uh, I'm thinking of Jerry Green now that you bring up his name because um, not Jerry Green was one of three writers that had attended and worked every Super Bowl. Green passed away say a few years ago, it could have been last year. Sometimes it goes like that, but I didn't really like Jerry Green as a columnist when I was growing up either. And it was kind of the same thing with Joe Falls. Jerry Green would write about obscure Tiger players from the 50s. I liked baseball history as a youngster, and I loved the Tigers. But talking about uh, Jim Smith, a utility second baseman on the team, like that's not doing anything for me. But I would sit with Jerry Green every chance that I had. A lot of times at, at, at Red Wing playoff games. There's to Jerry and to Joe. What I liked about Joe is that one of my favorite Bob Eufer clips is Eufer is calling a Michigan-Michigan State game and someone from Michigan State, I say, breaks in to the Michigan home broadcast booth, and they put a bunch of green and white balloons in Eufer's broadcast booth. And so Eufer, during the game, Michigan's blowing out Michigan State. And I don't know, Eufer would have like a joke between him and Joe Falls, like that, like maybe like Joe Falls, but Joe Falls, I think it was from New York, but maybe Joe Falls liked Michigan State or something because Eufer would, would chide him. And during the game and during that broadcast, like when Michigan would score, Eufer would play his, uh, his horn, but then he would say something like, and here's one of those balloons. And he'd start popping these green balloons. And he would say something about Joe Falls. Here you go, Joe. And you'd hear him popping these uh, these green and white balloons. One of my favorite clips. I think that was after Joe Falls had passed away. Or I would have asked him about it. Like, what was up with you and Eufer in, in, in Michigan and Michigan State? And maybe Falls was the one that went into the booth and put the green balloons up there to mess with, with Eufer. I don't know. There's some speculation for you. We'll take a couple more questions. Adam is calling the Wink hire a great hire. Otis says he can't imagine Kelly in Columbus. Richard says that Falls was an old school Boston guy. GBGB is saying that Pete Thamel announced Chip Kelly. You know, you could have told me like who in the media is going to have that story first. Well, their 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 own reporter, Pete Thamel. Couple more on the feedback. Old-timer56 says his goal for this year is to be totally positive and give nothing but positive vibes for all of these great players and coaches. No bashing. What good does that do? Let's get behind our players. I like the attitude.
Tim says he's not going at me on the chat. <laughs> okay. P.J. Fleck and Pat Narduzzi expected to be the top candidates at UCLA. Man, I wanted Narduzzi back at Michigan State. Man, that's what I wanted. That's awesome. Wink and clink. The WC guys. Yeah, you know, my nicknames for the Michigan coordinators really never took off. I've never seen it, but, you know, wink and clink, certainly. I thought Minter Clink was a uh, was a snappy nickname for the Michigan defense. You had Jesse Minter, Steve Klinkscale, and combining the co-defensive coordinators and Minter Clink. I also, on the offensive side two years ago, had the offensive uh, pairing of Weissmore, Matt Weiss, and Sharon Moore. The, the Weissmore offense and the Minter Clink defense never caught on. Wink and clink and the ship will sink is a sad look from Michael. I don't know if that really rhymes, but maybe maybe my old age is not just working it. Otis says Wink might not hit the road, but Wink will be able to retain players already on the roster. That's good. Otis says don't forget to donate to the NIL. There's a nice topic that we'll be exploring. Hey, look, I'll tell you this, Otis. If Michigan could do a better job, the guys running the collectives, Ward Manual, Santa Ono, and the Regents, there are thousands of funds, of money just sitting out there that if people felt like that they were giving that money to keep Will Johnson at Michigan, they would be hitting that button right now. But I don't know. I don't know. Ward's probably out playing golf today. I don't know. I just made that up. Ward is thinking about what to, you know, get catered to the national championship or the college football playoff committee. I don't know what he's doing. He should be out there beating the bushes and telling people your average Michigan fan, how to connect with NIL and collectives. That should be the number one thing that he should be doing, but it doesn't appear that if that he is on the same page as me when it comes down to that. So he just takes the brow beating from Michigan fans. And I, I don't know how he does it. Does he go into his office and uh, draw the blinds and tell his secretary? No calls, no media, nothing negative. Thanks. I'll be in here. And then start looking at golf junkets. I don't know what he does about that, but he's not getting everybody excited about donating to a Michigan football collective. That's what I know he's not doing. And then Don, you know, as uh, people are trying to bring up the positivity, I'm kind of uh, being negative. 
Not able to make everyone happy. Some will always find negative. His age, NFL experience, all of that. A 182 defense. <laughs> Perfect hire, easy transition in spring ball with minimal changes on defense. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Jonathan says Moore's having a hard time getting coaches, and Ryan Day's picking up co- any coach that he wants as Chip Kelly is going to Ohio State soon. Yeah, I'm not really looking at it like that, Jonathan. Like the, the whole part about Sharon Moore is struggling with his staff. Not really. I mean, like he wanted to keep Ben Herbert, so there was a little bit of uh, push and pull when it came down to that. I would say the same thing with Mike Elston. So he lost out on those two guys. Minter was always gone, and uh, Jay Harbaugh, Hart, that's a personal reason. And so they really, again, they have lost Elston and Herbert. And and if you think that that Joe Cullen was like the the plum of the DCs that you really wanted, that's fine. I don't feel like that, that this, what you're saying, Jonathan, is how Michigan fans should feel. I feel like some do. I almost feel like maybe you're an Ohio State fan. You could look at this more having a hard time. Ryan Day's offensive coordinator quit before they – his name was up on the door for like two days and I had to take it down. The paint's not even dry in his parking spot, Jonathan, and he gone. Ryan day can't keep his guys in a coordinator spot for a day. Damn. Like this is a little bit, this is just too much. Is it a little bit longer than you may have wanted with more because of Harbaugh and then the back and forth with the coaches? Certainly. The coaching searches and filling a staff isn't for everyone, if this is going to be your opinion on it. Day handpicking anybody he wants. Go be an Ohio State No, I was going to say go be an Ohio State fan. Do players wait until the last day to hit the portal? I don't think so. I don't know. It's two weeks from today, so I, I don't know how they're doing it. Are, are schools contacting them? Are people sliding into their DMs, offering them things, uh, offering them NIL deals? Are they finding ways to contact these players to say and dangle money in front of them? Maybe. I don't know. Does Michigan have a collective that they're ready to match any of that behind the scenes, how all of that is working? Like you're not supposed to contact, but, you know, Michigan's not supposed to be contacting their own collectives to make a counter to somebody that would uh, go against the rules and contact some of their players. And, like, this is the this is the stuff behind the scenes, the sausage being made that I don't think anybody can handle. That's, that's why they need to uh, fix the rules where we're sitting here right now. Uh, I'm not reading that one. Let's see if we got a couple more here. Level one, I agree. Michigan is loaded on defense. 
Dave talking about Hash Bash. Level one asking about Jack Tuttle. Is he coming back? He is put in for his waiver. So we are waiting to see. Ask the NCAA. We have to wait to see on the waiver if he's going to be able to come back. Uh, He could be the starter next year. About Maddie and friends. Clink and wink. And Sharon, this sounds like uh, seven and five instead of six and six. Great. Watch this ship sink is the best natty ever. Oh, this should say OSU and friends. Here's Vance. What do you mean? Hunk of Chip Kelly going to OSU. Now, is this the Vance? The former Michigan corners coach, Vance, who I would say is, I would say without having looking looked at his resume recently, you know, down to Texas and all that, but I would say always included on his resume, and it should be. Charles Woodson, a position coach. Is it that the Vance Bedford we're talking about? I, I, uh, did I send him a DM? No, I, I just tried to contact with him because your everything was protected there. But I think that actually it could be, could be Vance. What's up? What do I think about Chip going to OSU? Well, there was a time, Vance, I'd like to ask you that that Chip was as innovative. Uh, he, it seemed like he was the innovator in, in college football with the tempo in his offense. And he's jumped around, and, and clearly, you know, he hasn't had that success. Can he now, where he's just concentrating on offense? You know what I remember? The the most was he the was he the Eagles coach and were they playing Washington uh, the the Redskins and I'm watching the the first quarter and the Eagles are running tempo and they're up to the line and they're moving down the field they went right down the field in, in six plays and like you know 45 seconds and they got into the end zone and they went for two and it was, and I thought this is the change in football and chip Kelly is the innovator. And then everything went down the tubes after that. You know, I don't know what it was. It seemed like he had a good idea with that. He also was, a, was big into not just a training table, but nutrition and diet and, I know these things, the, the things that everyone talks about and, and has for, for years now, but I don't know what happened with with Chip and why it didn't work. But, yeah, I mean, he could be like Bill O'Brien was going to be a good offensive coordinator. And look at the talent. This is one of those things where I think I could go down and give me a crack at being, well, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be an offensive coordinator for Ohio State. But the point is, they've got 
They've got talent everywhere. That's not that is that is a a third base offensive coordinator job if I've ever seen one. That's not being negative. You know, you go into a a locked and loaded situation. Good for you. I want Ohio State to destroy everyone. No, wait, no, let me see. let me back that up. I want Michigan to have a Ohio State team coming in that thinks that they're just punching their ticket to the Big Ten championship game and that they're uh, headed to a national championship. And then I want Michigan to spoil all that by beating them and being undefeated. Why not? If they lose a game, I won't be heartbroken. But let's see. Michigan go down there and do it one more time. Cause then like once you do it once, like, okay, great. Twice. And it was on the road. Oh, you just can't, you can't say it was just a one. And then three times they're broken. Four. Four. And they'll have to call in a, a lot of people down there in Columbus. They won't be able to handle it. Hey, uh, I want everybody to have a great weekend. Tomorrow night, Michigan is in Lincoln to play Nebraska in basketball. Afterwards, I'll be on the Michigan basketball postgame show. I'm picking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I'll talk with you on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you over on the Den on the Maize and Blue Review. Take care.